Setting up. They said, got it. They just give you the little hunger. Yeah. They said, got it. Yay. Yo. Oh, can we even talk about that? I don't even know, <laughs> yo. I know y'all missed us. Don't. Yay. Don't. I know. You, know. you don't have to front, you know. It's okay. We it's still okay. here. We still doing our thing. We just. We miss you guys, too. We just pushing we through pandemic us. shit. Crazy. <laughs> like all the craziness in the world. It's really nice to be back doing this. How have you been? You want to give like a quick update on life? Uh, update on life uh it's going <laughs> you know i don't even know if i gotta uh, i don't even know if i can fully process you know okay. things i've been going through some things i forget some things i just want to want to forget you know but, could i please <laughs> you know but we good you know i mean right move forward ahead food in the belly you know um which is more uh -huh. than you know a majority or or a big portion of the planet so you know i want to make sure that yeah, i always true. remember gratitude even when i'm going through right. my shit you know yeah uh, you know how about yeah. your end i mean kind of the same it's been like a long couple months um filled with just kind of all the same nonsense you know what i mean yep uh nothing it's like nothing extraordinary but also everything just like mind-blowing like how did that even happen <laughs> It's right. happened. It's been kind of strange, but but same. Like you know, we got a roof, we got four walls, we got our health, we got food, we got right. friends, we got a lot of good things. Things are good. Things are good. things are just kind of like finally settling for both of us again at the same time, so we can be back here doing all the good shit. Good, good, good. All the good, good. work. <laughs> you know, um, so like as we were we were talking about it you know earlier yeah. in terms of this is our seventh episode damn Yay. you know what I'm um the last episode that's up if people ain't check it out we went over oh right um some mental health we went over about you know some of our experience with mental health mental health services mental mm -hmm. health within the the black indigenous and people of color communities um right. and now we hear we're talking about the end of the world well we talk about climate change the end <laughs> of the world and environmental racism you know what i'm saying basically just right. you know apocalyptic shit yeah it doesn't sound good ah no 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 it doesn't sound good God. but uh, let me let me read that quote though that uh yeah 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 more. someone posted this quote uh, it's a meme or whatever but it, it it's it reflects on how i do a lot of my talks when i do hood health talks um, and okay. the quote is, is like dystopian fiction is when you take things that happen in real life to marginalized populations and apply them to people with privilege, you know, um, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. One, of the, one of the things that I always talk when I'm talking about hood health shit is that I love sci-fi, but all these sci-fi disaster movies and stuff are, you know, basically, you know, privileged white people talking about, yo, we got to watch out because this is, this is going to happen in the future. Da -da 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 -da. Black and brown communities have been living in dystopian conditions for as long as I've been alive. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? So yes. anything that they're talking about is coming is, is already an issue. You know, one major thing, you know, there's whole many environmental racism things that are so major and minor um, that we ain't gonna be able to get into it. But two things I just wanted to like, while they're in my head, I wanted to point out. Um, one, you know, being, you know, moving to Portland, you know, um, 
I yo, it's been crazy because like they had these yeah. heat waves, and I literally have never been as hot as I was during these heat waves in my life. And I've been in hot places. Yeah. I've been like Baltimore <laughs> in the summertime in a suit during a right. freaking um church religious service back when I was right. little. I've been right. to you know tropical rainforest in Africa. You know, I never been this hot because it literally was you know, otherworldly hotness. But the, the two things about right. it that I want to point out is that especially places that I've seen graphed out like New York and, and other urban cities in Portland, there's even with the heat distribution in a city, right. those places that are marginalized communities, it's hotter in those places than even other parts of the city during a heat wave. Ah, uh, right, right, right. That's environmental structural racism in, in terms of how many people are placed in the areas, how the buildings right, right, are right. built. And then I saw this crazy bullshit shit, which is that some landlords, a lot of landlords here in Portland, it's illegal for you to put in an air conditioner oh, right, right, right. in your window. And yeah. I'm just like, huh? And provide air conditioning, yeah, right? Because none of those landlords are living without air conditioning, right? This is that's that that's that that's that pork shit right there. Like y'all, well, are... that's I don't understand being a landlord. I really don't. It's like you are, because first of all, they complain about everything. I've never, for the brief time that I was like a landlord in the sense that like I was responsible for the home that I was sharing with another person so whatever happened like I didn't own it but I was responsible to the owner to write for that it was really annoying just being like I feel like I have to micromanage every because I'm not willing to take responsibility for what you do even being a landlord is such a weird it's just like let people have their own home just stop trying to fucking monopolize everything let people have their own homes because that's the other end of it when you're the one who's responsible for making sure that the water runs and you're responsible for making sure that there's air conditioning in the unit do you know what i mean it's just like i think people become more innovative right it's like they you will find ways um but it's just like people deserve that freedom and that responsibility that's really the whole landlord thing is another weird that to me is just like it's not sustainable it's one more thing that's not sustainable right that is like adding to the climate crisis in the sense that hey first of all people absolutely need air conditioning that's ridiculous like we all know how hot it is here right right i yeah and those areas also once again those areas (laughs) with marginalized people you know, black, brown people, people who, right. you know, are, are, are elderly. We're talking about people who, uh, you know, fall on the lower scale in terms of uh, finances. Um, these areas yeah. also in terms of air quality. It's worse in those Hi. areas also. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So like, like all these things yeah. tie in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the absolute worst. Yeah, really yeah I, have, I have to get used to that. Um, in terms of literally check it like on the east coast what i usually used to check for is the pollen count right that's pretty much all oh right you know or the humidity you know but here like i literally right. now have to get used to checking like air quality level and i'm like mm-hmm. oh, okay that's a thing it shouldn't be yeah. yeah it shouldn't be but I'm, I'm doing it every day now you know because yeah. i could tell the difference now you know and it's crazy right. to me, you know right um, but this is the problem in terms of with climate change. One is that, you know, 
uh, due to just pollution and corporations and all this fucking, you know, capitalism bullshit, you know, the the, the weather patterns have been fucked up, right? But yeah. then on yeah. top of it, the the fucking institutional, you know, architecture, institutional racism has then created scenarios where, yeah, the weather is better and our and, and our ability to uh, adapt or to uh, deal with weather disasters mm. is bad because, you know, we fuck shit up in terms of structures, right. you know, which is what yeah. also is happening down in the Gulf right now with the hurricane, right? It's literally, something is literally happening everywhere. Right. Everywhere. Right. And when you see people like make like certain statements, I remember people, I was looking at people making statements online. It's like, yo, well, if people know the hurricane is coming, why don't they just get up and go? And I was like, you have, first of all, the person saying that probably cannot move to another apartment right now. Like to to move to another apartment in your own city requires a lot, let alone to just- Let alone out of state. Right, just pick up and move. And then also it's it's other little things. It's like, okay, cities, um, what percentage of the people in these marginalized communities actually have vehicles? (laughs) Right? You know, like yeah, like they're not necessary. It's it's a it's a not unnecessary, but it's just kind of an extra expense exactly. when you're somewhere you could likely walk or tra- take public transit everywhere. Cars because why are you paying the payment and the insurance if you can catch the bus or walk? Exactly. Here's another quote yep. that I ran across. Uh, this goose here. He said, I just ran into one of the security guards in my building. I asked if she was evacuated. She said, on my salary, either I can evacuate or I can pay my rent on the first. I can't do both. And he said, I wish I more people understood that everyone doesn't have the privilege to evacuate. And that's that's real. You know what I'm saying? Like we saw like after yeah. Katrina, you know, like even when people's whole buildings were destroyed, that none of these landlords wanted to give up any money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or like the, the, the buildings were literally un, un, um, uninhabitable, but landlords are stuck. Oh, yeah, like, they've been I, destroyed. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I still need that rent, even though, like, the, the rug is all moldy and shit, and it's dangerous. Like, I still need that rent, you know? So we talk about yep. climate change or environmental, you know, uh, racism, you know, it, it's a double whammy when it comes to marginalized communities, because already, like I said, the major corporations, the major big wigs, have already fucked up the environment to cause these fucking right. weather disasters, and then you're at the right. low end of the the fucking um uh mm. <laughs> you're at the low end. Terrible. Of the yeah. Point. So I just got yeah. past the note and uh, you know, by my peoples, the PLW here. Um, here it is. And she just sent me this uh, for anyone who's a BIPOC, Black Indigenous person of color who's looking for mutual aid for uh, the um, the hurricane. There's a website, anothergulf.com uh, forward slash or backward slash. I always forget forward slash. Or backward. I know. How does it? I'm the same way. Try both of them. Um, I, 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 yeah, IDA. So it's anothergulf.com slash Ida, Ida, and this we'll is, drop that in the comments. Yeah, yeah it's a BIPOC mutual aid for 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 Ida. You know what I'm saying? So, always coming through. Thanks for that, child. Yeah, she Love she it. always come through. You know, <laughs> on, on the low. You know, um, but it's you know we, which is important because we also also has to be solutionary, right? We can't just talk yeah. about these problems that are fucked up because one, right? Who's go, who gives a fuck? Meaning, like, who's going to listen? Everybody anyway? knows. 
Yeah, everybody right, knows. Right, right. You know, my favorite saying, thing so, about like breast cancer awareness. I'm like, you mean to tell me there are people that aren't aware of breast cancer? You have to have a month. Why don't we dedicate a month to like making sure people are taken care of and everybody is getting their product? You know what I mean? It's like everybody's aware. Everyone knows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That solution. Right. You know. So so how how have you been experiencing? In terms of you know these weather uh, climate dystopian conditions times that we're in right now, like you were just saying, how like it's about being able to figure out like how to survive. Not everybody has the option uh, to leave when they know that things are coming. When we had the fires here last year, because last year on September eighth, one week from the year anniversary, wow. my whole fucking valley caught on fire. And we evacuated, we were gone for almost three weeks. Damn. Um, and the fire was close. Like all the things that I grew up with, my nothing, not nothing, but it's like a solid 80% of my valley is different now. Like mm. landmarks that I grew up my whole life, took my kids to, wiped out. Nothing that was taken out looks the same. Wow. And, and most of it hasn't even grown all the way back. Like some of it still, there's a lot of like fresh green that has come from the spring and through the summer, um, but a lot of it's still charred and just like not back yet either. It's very, a lot of construction just like gone. But, but with that, I mean, it, we were able to get out and it was super stressful. It was very stressful conditions. Like I guarantee had me and my children not already spent a significant portion of our time homeless and basically living in a car off and on for seven months, mm -hmm. I would not have known what to do in that situation. See. But because I've already been where it's like, we have nothing. Like either I fight to keep us in a home and I'm at work all the time. And so I can pay bills and like the rest of our life falls apart or I just fucking whoo. We have nothing but our car and each other, and we'll figure it out from there, right? Right. Because I already had that experience, and I already knew that we would survive it, mm -hmm. it was easy. As soon as I saw, once I saw the black smoke billowing in our sky here, it's like that fire is going to reach our neighborhood. We got to get out of here. Um, and we left four hours before they came and evacuated our block. A lot of our people here couldn't leave. Um, and, and I mean, we were lucky our neighborhood did not burn down, blah, blah, blah. But um, it was PTSD like crazy because we were not homeless this time. We got to go back and forth between my sister and my partner's house, which is awesome. They were both in Washington. Um, so we were lucky, but we were still living out of a van. We never really unpacked or got comfortable everywhere. You got to come home. You got to rebuild. You have to start all over again if you have a home to come to. Right. Um, and the air quality. So it's like for the past eight consecutive summers now, there hasn't been a single summer where we don't have to check the air quality. The kids go weeks at a time, sometimes the whole summer without being able to go outside and play in the yard. The smoke, the air quality is at least 250 right now. I could look it up. The air quality outside is like yesterday it got up to 373 was the highest it got while I checked it. What? It's literally, Damn. swear to God, it's literally black clouds of fucking smoke everywhere you can't even i so we live in a valley and that's part of what happens to us right we live in a valley so even the fires that are happening in northern california washington stuff that's happening all around us because the way the wind moves it blows over and it settles right above us so it sits here for fucking weeks 
and the wind if the wind doesn't feel like knock it all out and stop bringing it our way it will literally just move through so you'll wake up and the air quality be like 130 and then by four or five in the afternoon it's up to three four hundred then about eight nine o'clock it goes back down to maybe 200 150 you might catch like a couple hours in the middle of the night where the air quality is like 30 to 50 um but it goes like this for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time oh. no open windows can't drive to the rivers. Oh, but that's what I was saying. So we live in a valley, and part of what has always been so beautiful about living in a valley is you can look everywhere and you are surrounded by mountains and trees. It is just it's some of the most gorgeous scenery. I love the Pacific Northwest specifically because of it. I've stayed in this weird, um, um this weird place as long as I have because I've always been so attached to the scenery and how beautiful it is, and it's not there anymore. I literally I could go outside. And the mountains that I'm used to seeing, I will see gray shadows behind wow. all the smoke. That's all there is. You can't live. So there's always masks. Like my children have grown up wearing masks in the summer. If they want to go outside, if we're going to run to the grocery store, because the air quality is fucking horrible. They can't be breathing that. You know what I mean? Um, so it's honestly like, you know, we've been wearing vlog masks and stuff like we've known for several years because that's just been our experience, which is part of the reason why when COVID happened, um, I mean, one of the reasons that my life got easier when the pandemic first hit and everybody was kind of locked down is I didn't have to bring my kids with me everywhere. It uh, literally was like, because it used to be, I mean, first of all, we were homeless together. There was nobody else. So they were with me. Um, which is why I did the jobs that I did. I only took work where it's like my kids could come with me or I'm working overnight while my kids are sleeping in the car with me because um, those were our only options. So, but that just kind of also transferred into them wanting to be with me all the time and everywhere. So it's like all of them are going to the store with me. All of them are running errands with me um, and that stopped. It had to stop because even with masks, they still touch everything, right? Right. So so that helped, but we were adjusted to masks. We understood um, why we wear masks in the first place. It was not a new concept in this valley because the smoke has been pushing people. I used to drive around and hand out little N95 masks to homeless people because mm. they're outside. And it was part of Maria and Spotted Bear, two people that I work with, uh, building a better future. Um, and they deliver lunches a few times a week to the homeless around here. They put up all kinds of campaigns to supply homeless people um, or impoverished people with help. Um, Ezekiel goes with them a couple times a week to help to deliver. But that was a part of, that's been a normal part of their um, gathering every summer is making sure that we are providing the homeless people with masks because they're in it 24-7. They don't get away from it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just been a natural consequence. We live in the part of the world that's burning, and other people are living in the part of the world that's drowning. And then right. there are some places where it's like the water catches on fire, and there's literally a fiery pit to hell in the middle of the fucking ocean. So, <laughs> right. you know, right. I, it's ridiculous. We actually just had COVID. COVID went through the house a couple weeks ago. Um, and we couldn't have the, the doors open. There was no fresh air. And I don't even, I, it's like, I don't even want to recall it for people who understand, but it's like that feeling when you have a fever and the air just feels dirty and disgusting because you've been sick in it right. and you can't, 
step outside for fresh air without your migraine raging because there's no fresh air. You can't open the window to just get like a light breeze. It's like, it's awful. It, you don't think about all the things that it impacts until it's like, until it's done. You can't, it's like your tongue. I forget how often I use my tongue until I burn it. Right. Uh, right and then right. I'm constantly like, ah, oh, my tongue, my tongue, my tongue. It's like you take for granted all of the things that you have until all of a sudden it's like, wait, I can't do that. I legit can't just open my fucking window for real. That's real life right now. Yes, it is. Yo, Crazy. It, it, it's, it, you're right. It's, it's, it's real life. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm just getting used to processing some stuff. Like I've been a disaster literally all my life. Um, you know, right. so like I grew up in New Haven and I forgot Gloria was the hurricane that hit when I was in high school. Whatever it was, it took out it took out the electricity for a week in New Haven. <laughs> um, right. I remember we were cooking. Nice. We, had, we were fortunate. We had a fireplace. So I remember we waking up mornings cooking breakfast on the fireplace. Um, yeah. And fortunately, we had good, clean water, but a lot of people didn't have fresh water. So they had to they open up the high schools where you could come in and take a shower. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? Like, you know, so I've been through a couple of hurricanes. We had snowstorms that did the same thing with the ice storms. It would right. basically uh, weight down the power lines, been without electricity for a while. Um, yeah. I've been in a twister when I was little in Maryland. That's a whole nother story. Oh, um, yeah, it episode is. I don't that... even want to know that one. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> you know, but the real good thing out after all this kind of stuff is that, as you know, my parents were were older than my peers' parents. So, you know, my father was born in 1922, mother was born in 1935. Um, so like my father literally grew up through the depression. My mother grew up, they both grew up rural, very, very scarce uh, resources. So in my house, yeah. we always had like, we always had like essential things like canned items that weren't just canned items that were gonna, you're gonna cook during the week. No, these were canned items no. for storage. You right, know what no, I'm saying? We had kerosene lamps throughout the whole house. You know what I'm saying? Um, so in a way, that kind of preparedness was understood right. because they lived under white pathology, white racism. You know what I'm saying? So they right. knew at any right. moment, you know, they might not have access to shit. You right. know what I'm saying? And we kind of lost a little That's bit. Real. I feel like as a community, we lost a little bit of that edge because of just, you know, capitalist society instant things being you know able to get instantly so you're able to get fast food and instant shit all, right. all your meals you're able to get instant this and that so like yeah. the whole notion that to be prepared it's like well why because people don't nine times out of ten sometimes don't even have groceries in their refrigerator because it's like i could just buy x i just go out to the grocery store and buy x yeah. y and z when, when i need right. it Right. So that right. kind of like being prepared for when shit hits the fan kind of like removed itself from a lot of our communities that we kind of really need to get that back along with yeah. mutual aid, because those are the only things that are going to get this us through this as the great, you know, unraveling, the great undoing of the society continues to fucking happen. Yeah. Because like you said, like, you know, like checking your air quality, that's like normal shit now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, so like some basic things that we, we took for granted, like always having a full tank of gas. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? That was the first thing I did when I heard there was a fire in Ashland last year. As uh -huh. soon as they said the fire was in Ashland, like in Ashland, 
Right. I was like, we gotta go to the gas station. I was calling people like, make sure your gas tank is filled. And everybody's like, oh, what's going on? What? I'm like, get fucking gas. Don't wait until. And that's why we left as soon as I saw the smoke rolling over Medford. I was like, it's coming this way. We're leaving now. And I, it literally the four hour drive that it usually takes us to get from Medford to Portland took us nine hours between the traffic, the smoke, people panicking and driving like fucking. You know what I mean? It's like, not nah, if we would have waited till they actually gave the evacuation and everybody, mm -mm, there's no way. Well, and okay. it really is it's those little things. Dude, when I went to the gas station, I went to get gas the other day and there were three trucks there and they all had their gas cans. I got out and asked the dude in front of me what was going on. Because to me, it was just like something is happening. People know to come fill up there. And he was just like, oh, you know, I just, I make sure I fill these up all the time. And, just, oh, and I was like, oh, okay. I, it may have just been a coincidence, but I also started calling a couple friends like, yo, have you heard anything? I called Maria because I was like, there's people at the gas station filming, like multiple people right now filling up big gas cans. Is there something going on that we should know? It's like, you got to put the feelers out there because yep. that is a sign like to me in my PTSD, I guess. Like that's a sign that shit could be hitting the fan. You got to stock up and be ready. You know, yeah. it was just like. Well, <laughs> well, you know, my my brother who you know works down in Ashland and everything. Right, you know, yeah. Last year he lost everything through the fire. You know, yeah. he literally. I remember he <coughs> texting me and my sister, um, basically saying that your fires are coming. I gotta get up out of here. You know, and he didn't get the official notice to uh -huh. evacuate. But then, he, like a half hour, forty five minutes later. He had the official notice and literally like no lie, like an hour, hour and a half later, he's like, I lost everything. Boom. And I'm just yeah. like, I, I, it took me a minute to process like, what are you, what are you talking about? It doesn't his, make sense. Huh? His whole yeah. apartment burnt down. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm still not processing this. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? But like, yeah. and now he's, you know, now he's fully has transformed into this person who is aware of the environment that he's in, in terms of being in Oregon now. You know what I'm saying? I was just yeah. like, you know, this is where we are right now. We don't, like I said, there's so many layers to this. Like, I keep yeah. bringing up the Louisiana thing because, especially in this COVID time, what we're finding is that these hospitals are filled up with COVID victims, right? The ICUs are filled up with COVID victims. Um, or the electricity. Yeah, not only that, Louisiana, so the hospitals, not just in, you know, the city uh, of New Orleans are filled up outlying cities are filled up so you can't even evacuate right. the hospital because there's no hospital to evacuate them to right <laughs> you know same thing with and so what do all the hospital staff do all those doctors and nurses yep. some of them probably could some of them probably have the ability to be like i'm evacuating i'm not they're going to leave all the patients exactly. what do they exactly well same thing happens with prisons same things with oh, prisons. I hate talking about that shit. <laughs> you know. And, and nobody cares because it's people in prisons. People don't have the same empathy that they do for the people that are sick in hospitals. But it's exactly. like, those are humans that are trapped, dude. Right. I, oh, yep. Right. So these are all systematic structural things that multiply the, uh, the intensity of these climate change things right you know what i'm saying like right. no you know if everybody yeah if everybody could be up in their house with ac and shit you know during the heat wave you know right. maybe that would be good <laughs> you know that'd be okay but it doesn't if happen. we have the ac <laughs> right it just doesn't happen you know um and people well and that's die. another uh 
that's another thing that I think about too when I think about fire season out here just because you mentioned your brother um the economy out here is going to be destroyed by this Mm -hmm. summer is what brings people to southern Oregon it's Mm. fucking gorgeous here we have the Shakespeare festival Mm -hmm. you can't go to the fucking Shakespeare festival you can't sit in the outside stadium because of the smoke you know what I mean? Right. We have Brit Festival. You can't go to fucking Brit Festival. You can't sit outside because of the smoke. You're going to pay $60 a ticket or some ridiculous shit to right. sit outside in 300 hazardous if they don't cancel it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All the weed crops, all the medical marijuana. I It's like just sitting in the smoke for fucking months at a time right before it's harvest season. It cannot be good for the weed. Like, right, right. You know what I mean? Right, like right. all of our major, all the shit that makes money for this valley specifically is being ruined because it cannot continue under the literal weight of the smoke that is in the air. It's insane. I, I'm. It's going to change the demographic of this area so much, and I, I don't know how. And right. those are three businesses. Like those are three industries I've never worked in. I've never been like a part of the performing arts out here that are like a huge deal in the summer. I've never worked in the weed. I mean, I did. I used to trim like low key before it was legal, but as like, you know, those are the days. But anyway, uh, those those are industries I'm not involved in, but it's just knowing what I know about Southern Oregon and being in this area for well over fucking 30 years now, I'm looking around like, how are we, like COVID was a hit for sure when things shut down, but we were dealing with little hits like that before that. Everybody shifted. There's no shows. There's no people aren't coming to just walk Jacksonville and shop. People aren't coming just to walk Ashland. It's smoky and disgusting. It's right. awful. Right. People cannot be outside. It's just I the long term. Let alone we're lucky if if certain parts of Ashland. And Jacksonville would have also burnt down last year. There'd be nothing here. You know, it, it wiped out. What would people have done this summer for any kind of work? Like That's important because that means in terms of, you know, with COVID and, and everything, we've already seen the restructuring of economics already happening, you know, before our right. eyes. Um, yeah. It's funny. I remember... It is crazy to really understand, to really look into how shit like that will really change demographics and everything. Like you said, like I grew up in New Haven, and I remember New Haven had a downtown mall, and I remember during the beginning of the crack era, you know, there was all the the propaganda in terms of how dangerous the city was and all this kind of stuff. Now the downtown mall had Macy's, like people used to come from all the white towns and stuff to shop downtown New Haven, right? Yeah. Um, once they put that narrative out, that mall closed, they opened malls more in the suburbs, right? All that money now goes there. We had a big, uh, the Coliseum, they tore that down, right. which was basically where all the acts came from, monster trucks yeah. to music festivals to wrestling, tore that down. Um, so it changed the whole demographics in terms of structure yeah. of New Haven. And so right. now things are like on a fast paced places, like you said, like when a particular area's industries um, are being crushed, like then what happens? There's that movie out called, was it Nomadland? Whatever, it talks, a, it's, it's a great little 
movie comes off as a documentary also but it's basically this town that doesn't exist anymore um because the amount of people like had to move out of the zip code because like basically an amazon factory closed down right and and that was where all the people you know that's where all the business was it closed down people could not afford to even live in this particular zip code anymore um and it follows the 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 story of this one woman who you know, basically is now living out of her car or a van and everything because, you know, that whole area can't exist anymore. And this is where we're, right. we're, we're heading for now in certain areas where the economics are so tied into things that um, are affected directly by climate change. Right. Like you said, the weed industry, the, uh, the performing arts industry, this is, you know, the right. scenery, you know, if these things aren't here anymore, you know, then the money's not going to come into these places anymore. Exactly. Exactly. You know? I'm curious too, because we have buying a house in or in Southern Oregon, specifically the area that I know, maybe it's the state, but it's definitely here, um, is insane. The prices that people are getting for homes uh-huh. Um, I mean, literally everything is for sale. There's barely even anything for rent anymore because wow. it's like you can get like twice as much as your house was worth right now. People are just like, but, but, but then I wonder, it's like, it, it's all, it's not all, but a lot of people from out of state are coming to Oregon, uh-huh. to Southern Oregon. They want to get in on the weed. I know that's what it's been for several years now that, ooh, legal weed, they'll buy a bunch of houses and whatever but the smoke like i said they're coming here they're buying houses they're hating it they're uh-huh. hating it because you can't breathe uh-huh. half of the the money that they're investing in these industries now that they live here so we it's not going to profit so it's not going to be the same i don't know if it's gonna happen this year next year but it's like the growing conditions i'm not a horticulturist but i am fairly certain that the growing conditions cannot be the same when your plants are existing in hazardous air right Right. like it just i don't know but it seems like there's going to be an impact especially over time and i wonder how things are going to crash i do wonder how because all these people bought these houses for ridiculous amounts of money and they're not going to be worth that shit when it starts hitting the fan and it's not going to be much longer before it starts hitting the fan we're already half burned down literally like the valley is already half burned down we're lucky we have not had another fire so far this year. And that's not even true. Remember? Hey, so everybody remember on the last episode where I had my super dope microphone and my headset and I had my whole recording studio? I had to take them shits down. I went out of town mid-July and that was the first time um, that I've ever gone out of town for several days without any of my children during fire season. So it became, as, as I was getting ready to leave, I was just like, so part of my plan to leave my house now has to be an evacuation plan for all five of my fucking kids. I have a minivan. I am prepared to transport six people any and everywhere at all times. Not everybody is nutty as me. They don't have, <laughs> either they have their own kids that are already going to be in their car, so they can't fit all five of mine. I literally went to friends and was just like, yo, I need to know who was available these days because if I leave town and a fire hits, my kids got to get out of there. I will not have the time to drive back, pick them all up and drive out. I Part of my plan to leave this time was not just like packing myself and making sure the kids had food and 
whatever. It was also like packing everybody um, evacuation bags. This is everybody needs to pack up all the stuff that they absolutely want if we got to leave the house. It was taking down all my studio equipment and reboxing it and packaging it because I didn't need it and I would be fine if I didn't have it. But it's like if I'm planning ahead, this is shit that is part of my livelihood and I've invested in and I want to be able to continue using. I got to have so all and I haven't even set it back up because I don't trust that there will be a fire. But I left that weekend. And literally on your birthday, I was traipsing around Seattle and like Olympia and Bellingham was all over the place in Washington. And then on my way home, I stopped in Portland to see you on your birthday and everything was cool. I literally hit up all my friends. I was like, you guys are amazing. This trip was so great. Like, because I had a plan. People were ready to pick up my kids, grab their car seats. We had a plan if it was necessary. Um, and literally an hour after I sent that message thanking everybody because I was going to be home the very next day, a fucking fire broke out, not even a mile away from my house. Yeah, that's crazy. I had to call everybody and be like, yo, so what's the evacuation plan? And my friends were on it. Everybody was ready. They're like, give the word, we're picking up your kids. Um, and it ended up, they ended up being able to contain it pretty fast. It literally was right over the highway. It would have taken one gust of wind going the right way to land right in our neighborhood. It, right it, it's just insane it's no, insane no. but it's part of it's it's now it is part of what happens every time i leave the house during the summer during the, during the fire seasons like i gotta make sure all my kids have an evacuation plan they know what's up i gotta make sure everything that you know i really want um to come with me is available i literally considered buying a trailer for my van um because i have a hitch and just buying a trailer for my man, having it set aside. So it's like, if there's a fire, um, I have several things. I have one, two, three, four, five. I have five packing boxes in my bedroom right now of my things that are normally out. Because it's like, if there's a fire, these are the shits that I'm like, I got to grab them and go. Baby pictures, wow. some of my favorite books, letters from people that are dead. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not risking. If I can help it, if I can't, I'm grabbing my kids and going. <laughs> Right, but it's like if I can help it, these are the things. And it's very weird to be like, I live a season of my life now packed up as though I have to leave every minute because yeah. it just makes me feel better. It makes me feel more secure. Right. That at least I have a shot at saving these things mm. instead of like it was last year when it just tore through and it was like, fuck it, get in the van, we're going. I literally don't care. I don't if you never see it again, you never see it again. Oh well. You know what I mean? It was not a good feeling. I, 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 I can imagine that's all I can, you know what I'm saying? But um, right. but yeah, like you said, that's that part way. of the, the, part, of the part of the new normal. But like you right. said, like a little part of the thing yeah. is like I've already talked to some of my friends in California and they've already said how like the uh was it the Emerald Triangle, the Green Triangle, whatever way, yeah. you know, by the green and, and yeah. where the weed is grown and, and the impact of the fires there they said there's already shifting in terms of uh, to a lot of places in southern california now in terms of growers because that traditional yeah. triangle is being so assaulted by yeah. uh, the fires right now yep. you know yep. what i'm saying so like you said like people made an investment to move into southern oregon to try to break into that weed market but once again climate right. change is like yeah uh yeah that's not that's not there <laughs> i mean and we have a water shortage 
Oh yeah. There's Howard. There's places all over here. When I took my kids wanted to go play in the water the other day, so I was gonna take them to one of our favorite spots. It's a bunch of hiking trails that just has a little creek that you can wade in. It doesn't get too deep. There's like fast spots because it's all very shallow, so it's like fun to play in and kind of exciting. But none of it goes more than like maybe deep for little kids, right? Um, there's no fucking water there. There's no fucking water there. There's not yeah. even like wet mud. It's dirt. The whole fucking hiking trail everywhere there's dirt. There's wow. nothing. Mount Shasta has no fucking snow on it. There's no fucking snow on Mount Shasta. That's an issue. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like it's not just that everything's on fire. There's also the part where it's like we have a water shortage. So growing your weed just became an issue because it's sitting in shit smoke and you watering it is literally taking water away from other parts of like people who need it for like we're going to need to drink still we're going to need to grow actual fucking food still we're going to have to keep things moist enough that they don't catch on fire still we're going to have to be able to put out fire still it's like it's it's it is a perfect shit storm of just like bad things happening um, okay. It literally keeps me up at night. I literally spend nights like, what's going to happen to my children? <laughs> well, like you said, like that that kind of <clears throat> uh, choices or, or, or not choices, uh, uh, layering or connectiveness is is what right. we deal with all over. Like, for, like, like, like right. let's take Afghanistan, for instance. Like those fields that were right. converted yeah. to grow opium, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, right where used to be fields that farmers were growing food. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? You know, so right. like, you know, once they're, you know, the international opium market, because it's the international opium market, you know, there's yeah. there's not like, Af- it's just like with uh, Colombia and, and places in South America, like the, 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 the cocaine market itself is not, um, you know, it's not Colombia. It's like the United right. States. It's like the West, you know, it's like Europe. Like this is where they're exporting yeah. to. It's the same thing with Afghanistan, you know, like right, uh, right, right. Russia and, 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 you know, the European world, this is their, their, uh, their exporting to, but because of that, it caused them to have to transform or be forced to transform literally life sustaining freaking agriculture into a drug agriculture. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what's happening, like you said, um, in Northern uh, California, Southern Oregon, you know, even those people who move in there for the weed market, you know, you got a water shortage, you know, and that water sh- that water shortage means that water is going to be diverted, you know, right. from little things you need to survive to now a, a, a cash crop per se. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, you can turn these people, right? Because it creates jobs. And it, but it's like, ah, it's frustrating because I don't know what the answer is, but I know it's got to be less excess. And right. that, and that is how a lot of it feels here. It's like, Oregon has had incredible growing conditions and provided a bunch of weeds since Oregon. I don't, do you know what I mean? It's like them right. making it like medically legal and then recreationally legal um, just made it easier for everybody to do what we'd all already been doing 
because right. it's Oregon. We've been right. here. Um, it's it's everybody coming here all of a sudden to like cash in on it. Right. That is creating this weird excess. But and that's part of the problem too. I just feel like it's like we were talking about with food, having your own home. If people had equal access, if there were equity across the board, get your own home. Right. Use your own yard to grow your own weed and your own vegetables, and you can share and exchange and work with friends and do farmers markets, that's whatever. But to try to turn everything into these big billion dollar businesses is excess and it's unnecessary and it's legitimately destroying the fucking planet and all of our lives. Because that's the thing. It's destroying the planet, but it's not going to like destroy the planet. The planet's going to get tired of our shit. She's going to shake us off. We're right. just waiting to be dinosaurs, right? right? Like right. dinosaurs right. didn't ruin the earth. The right. earth was just like, you're not sustainable anymore, bitch. Peace. And the dinosaurs were gone. And right. that's what she's going to do to us too. It's just like, look, it's honestly like relationship isn't working out for me anymore. Humans, y'all can fuck <laughs> off. And then she will adjust to be something else. Yep. And we will not be able to survive. Right. Okay, and that's what I think people really miss is like we're making it inhospitable for ourselves. It's not necessarily it's not just what we're doing to the earth. It's like what we are forcing the earth to do to us. Right. 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 It's like we are backing her into a corner where she's just like, oh, okay, well now you don't have any water and everything's on fucking fire. So good luck with that, guys. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. No, that's definitely Painful. where we are. That's definitely where we are right now. And right. um I mean, and, and at the end of the day, we, we, the answer has always been there. We just need to have the right people on the same page, you know, which is, we know that, you know, black indigenous, you know, traditional ways will save the earth. You know what I'm saying? We'll save society. You know what I'm saying? We know that the structural institutional racism, environmental racism is what fucks all this shit up. Right. So I was just reading. Yeah, I was just reading a piece about how the architecture is also racist, meaning that, you know, architecture as structured in the United States really wasn't reflective of the indigenous architectural practices, which is kind of stupid. You know, you're trying to make a house as though, you know, you were building in northern fucking Europe, Um, not same conditions, y'all, not same conditions. There's a reason, you know, like the way that you know, indigenous people, black people, you know, traditionally have structured their agriculture, their uh, architecture is to be right. in tune with the weather and the environment. You know what I'm saying? So we literally, attention. right. We literally build fucking brick oven houses. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. With no yes. wind, with no windows that could even do like cross drafts or shit. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, we, we destroy fall, you know, flora to the point that we have, um, you know, not, we have invasive plants versus indigenous plants who serve a purpose right. in the area, whether it's in terms of, you know, keeping the area cool because it's not supposed to be blacktop everywhere. That's dumb. Um, and, and or, 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 you know, the indigenous plants are set up to, to, uh, to retain and hold on to water, to create safe places for water to be stored under the earth and stuff. But we get rid of them and put in some crazy plants that, you know, take more water, you know what I'm saying, from right. the soil and stuff. So like the, these answers are already there. So it's literally just like going back and, and extracting what we need to do from that. Um, 
and, and in our own enclaves keep adding on to that. And another major thing is that these corporations just need to be held accountable to destroy. That's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that, these that corporations that are literally raping other countries' resources, fucking, you know, making us overly dependent on fossil fuels without any type of alternative for the future. Um, we need to, yeah, get rid of those shits, you know, because they're the, they're the accelerators of this climate change and this inequity that we're dealing with. You know? Right. No, and it's so obvious. It's so painfully obvious, honestly. Right. Right. It's just like looking outside of society. Right? You know? Um, it's so beautiful here in the summer. Like, I don't even, my whole life, yeah, I mean, it is honestly like painful in my heart to think about how, and I know that this is true for every generation, but just to think about how different it is going to be raising my kids here than it was for me being raised here because right. i the summers here man were like everything they always were right. um and and just even little things like that like having your garden or like your friend's first pot plant you know what i mean mm-hmm. just then all those things like those are not experiences that you guys will have here having a garden is like what i don't even know what we would do with the garden right now but i'm tired of the lawn Right. I mean, I've argued about the lawn since last year, quite frankly, because it's like watering it is irresponsible. We don't have the yes. water just to waste on grass. For fun. What the fuck does grass do for any of us? Why? Why are we just poor? But if you don't water it, then it dries out and it just makes it a fire hazard. So I've yep. literally just been like, dig it out. What do we need grass for? Make it rocks or something. I don't. My grandparents had a rock yard. Their front yard was a rock yard my whole life. What? It was That's a fresh. beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. They had all these sculptures in it, mm-hmm. um, and they just used different color rocks. Like they had lighter rocks over here and over here, and then they had like a bluey kind of rock to live through that made it look like a little stream. And they had a bunch of boulders. Like I remember being a kid and driving to the ocean with them, like the Oregon coast specifically. And stealing rocks. Wow. Like literally stealing because we're not <laughs> We would find just like the prettiest boulders or like me and my sister and just like whatever little pebbles we would collect, they would just like add to the rocks in the yard. So they didn't and it was beautiful. And you know, it was it's sustainable. It's sustainable. And I think one of the simplest things that people could do is just look up what the the regional flora and mm. fauna is. Yes. And transform your lawn to that. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and you know, and also like make part of it edible. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right. um, but go in tune with what is already around us. I mean, like, it can't be that hard to just be like, okay, plants that that were indigenous here right. are indigenous because they're literally in tune with the needs of this area. Right. <laughs> you know, right. so like yeah. I think that's part of part of what we you know, fully need to, you know, double back on. And also, also with foods, local foods and and stuff also, I feel like, yeah, just like, yeah, like that'll be part of the reset of these particular areas. And in some areas, it's shifting so far off that you have to do some innovation, you know, but, um, but yeah, Yeah. part part of definitely, it, it takes us transforming this environment ourselves, because I really feel like 
we're on the slow burn right now. Society is is <laughs> resetting itself and collapsing, and it's just like, yeah. okay, what do what do we need to do? You know, out there. And so many things, yeah. You know, yeah. Oregon State has an extension program like 15 minutes away from the Master Gardeners program. Oh, really? And I've been, I'm in the middle of so many yoga schools. I'm literally in three yoga schools right now. I'm trying to finish my 300. I got, I know, dude, I'm literally every day I have class and, but I'm already like looking to other classes, but I've really been considering it. Like that will probably be once I'm done with all my yoga classes in the fall, sometime next year in the spring, I will probably uh, take that master gardening class just to get a little bit more information and understanding about how to help things grow here you know right, depending right, on right. what is even like feasible because i do i think it's so important and if everybody were growing food it's not even a new concept it's just so nope. it's just like if everybody were growing food instead of fucking grass uh, are you making wheat grass shots for the neighborhood with that grass friend because right. if you are <laughs> right. then i'll back off nobody's <laughs> getting wheat grass shots out of your fucking lawn like i care yeah 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 um, no no it's definitely like i said a lot of the issues that we deal with is that people like i said basically during colonial um colonial uh settler first eras they basically wanted to recreate europe here right you know what i'm saying and it destroyed the environment from the invasive species they bought to like when they bought pigs and let them run feral on the ground um right. to you know the overdependence of like oh we have free feed for fucking cows you know, I, um, and all this. I always thought about that with that Noah's Ark story. It's like, how does he know all those animals were meant to be? Like, he's taking them to a spot. You right. don't even know if it's in ha- if it's like a place that they can survive. Like, right. it seems kind of irresponsible, Noah, but whatever. Because <laughs> it's true. Like, parts of the world are different for a reason. It, right. You know, it for a reason. That's just like the way their seasons for a reason things work in a particular way and it's always trying to control that and shift that instead of finding where you fit right yep trying to like force things to fit you it never works out in like any situation i can't think exactly. of a single scenario where exactly. it's ever paid off fucking frustrating it is miserable. it is it is this is why you know this is a whole another story that we can go on but this is why a lot of the interactions that happened historically between black and indigenous people were right. so in harmony because you know they were just like this is something we use in our land for this it's like oh what do you have here that's similar to that you know what i'm saying right. and right. there was an exchange of information and even of the things that were brought so if we did bring particular plants or whatever it was the exchange of information and how to utilize them within the whole holistic structure you know what i'm saying right. um to right. the point that even right. some you know indigenous uh uh, bands when they were basically chased off of their ancestral lands and they knew that black people were still going to be you know there they passed over some of that information and basically made black people the stewards of that particular knowledge right yeah. so so yeah. it's just like you're know, like yeah we trust y'all you know what i'm right. saying and right. you know we trust y'all not to fuck this shit up and to use it for what it's supposed to be used for and, right. and this kind of interaction and synergy is is where we're at today even with everything that we're going through i feel like that's the kind of you know page that we have to be on you know yeah 100 percent. yeah we can do that too though we'll drop in the link or in the comments we will drop the link that Shaw shared with us earlier for any bipoc people 
um, impacted by Ida, but there's also a couple of resources we can drop as far as like ways to help conserve water um, or or petitions you can set. Like, I still got lead pipes and shit. Oh, you know what I mean? Talk. So it's like, even the water, I know, I know. Like, I literally, <laughs> when that whole thing came out about like, who doesn't shower every day? I'm like, why would you shower every day? Why are you doing so it? Learn how to wipe properly. A whore's bath is still a bath. You don't need a whole ass shower every day if you're feeling extra funky. But really, it's like, tell the kids in Flint they need to take a shower every day. Because those kids were just fucking taking showers and sitting in water that poisoned them. So tell them that they, right? Tell those mothers that their kids need to take a shower every day, sitting in poison fucking water. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many layers to the water issue that it's like everybody up in arms about who's showering every day and who isn't. It's just like, I, if you're funky, you're funky. I don't know what else to right, say right, about that because right. it's like the water issue is way bigger than whether or not people are showering every day. I just thought it was so weird that people cared because it's like, you know, there were still people in this country that don't have access to water though, right? Like, you know, that's still a thing. So this is a weird argument to be having about what is and is not appropriate. Anyway, there's a lot of links. There's several links I can think of right now that we can drop in the comments for people who are interested in ways to pay attention to that or help with that. Let's do that, yo. And I think that this is actually a good, good point for us to wind it up because um, we've been on here about the hour thing. Um, about an hour. We could, add, yo, we back. It was really nice to be back and talk with you. I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we it, talk and we've seen each other, right? But it's fun to be with you. Word up. Yeah. So the next week after, not next week, but the week after. So, so the fifteenth, right? Today's the first, so September fifteenth. Yep. Yep, yeah. yep, you know, so same back time, same back channel. Hey, um, hey. duo come through. You know, hey. um, also, you know, this this will be up on all streaming platforms, it'll be up on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for all that, John. And um, just you know, keep an eye on us. And you know, thank hey. you for yeah, make sure you follow the Instagram page too. Follow us on Instagram, all right? We'll drop all that in the links too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, everyone's been a while, I catch fans on the Facebook and they just cool to see them. I think y'all are still They like me a little better on Instagram. So, just, uh, just in case, might be a good idea to follow our page on Instagram. <laughs> the world is ending and I keep calling people cunts and I keep getting cunts. <laughs> there you go, guys. We'll drop yeah, that yeah. in the comments. <laughs> All right, y'all. Right. Love y'all. Peace. Yep, love, love, love. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks.